pages describing your business and what you do. Or it could be a larger site with that essential information plus articles, videos and other tools. Either way, knowing your audience and what they want is a critical success factor for any website. The best way to know your audience is through your traffic stats. You can buy packages or use Google Analytics. But if you're not an expert, it can be difficult to get started and to know what to look for once you have those analytics in place. My guest today provides a masterclass in how to set up and interpret web analytics. Here Sam describe how to use Google Analytics and learn what is working for your customers and how you can amend your content accordingly. Listen to Sam explain bounce rates and other web jargon terms and how they can help you grow your audience and ultimately your business. That's all right here in episode 46 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome. You're listening to the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. So let's get started with this week's interview and I am delighted to introduce you to my guest today and he is Sam Chivers. Sam is Head of Communication and Information at the Financial Advice Network Limited, which is a subsidiary of the mutual Shepherds Friendly Society, which has been around since 1826. Sam is a qualified American football coach, having played and coached for the Edinburgh University team and the Dundee Hurricanes. So Sam, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Oh, thanks very much for having me, Roger. It's a pleasure to be here. We sort of met recently at the Financial Services Expo in Manchester. Uh, we did. I was an audience member for your um, for your social advisor talk, um, which I think it, you've done on uh, on a podcast as well, haven't you? That's right. Yeah, it was, a, it was an episode of the podcast a month or so ago. But it was uh, it was that speech and and the feedback from that speech that led to us having a chat. And it's great to have you on the podcast. And I think you share my passion for giving advisors help to create their own websites and to create their own online presence and today we're going to talk a little bit about that and I think you're a big fan of building websites and and, and similarly helping advisors create a web presence but also particularly interested in the measurement and the uh, and the analytics that can go with that but before we get to that Sam let's find out a little bit about you tell us a bit about your background where you came from what your ambitions are and basically Sam what makes you tick so uh, I think I've uh, I've always been very into technology. It's um, you know it's something that I've always uh, always enjoyed sort of tinkering with, and um, I you know I, I built my first PC when I was eleven from from discarded bits around the house, uh, and it didn't do very much, but it did at least turn on uh, you know and was functional, uh, and so it was kind of natural to take that uh, you know through through school doing um, doing IT GCSE A level etc., um, and I started building sort of hobbyist websites um, during secondary school in um, I, I, you know. I don't suppose you'd call it the early days of the internet now. It was was probably late 90s, but you know, still um, considerably <laughs> harder than it is today uh, to do those kind of things. Uh, but I always enjoyed the the uh, the problem solving element of you know of things like that, and, and I took that into into my university studies uh, with uh, with a degree in philosophy, 
which uh, is a little bit left field, um, I think, but but certainly I think serves me well, you know, in in my current role now. So uh, you know, after after university, I went to work for uh, Rockstar North, who have got their uh, their head office in Edinburgh, and you may know them as the makers of the video game Grand Theft Auto. So I worked in their software testing department, which was a, a wonderful thing to do. I, I could actually say that you know, as a, I was a professional games tester, so I, I would constantly get people saying, "Is that a real job?" It, you know, it it, it really was. <laughs> you know, when you've got a bit of software that's making billions of dollars, um, you, you have to make sure that, you know, that it's bug free when you're when you're releasing it. I will- walk past that office of Rockstar North pretty much every day. I often uh, look at it with a little tinge of uh, jealousy as to, because I'm a bit of a, I, I was a bit of a, a video game freak when I was younger, not so much these days, but I have played on my son's Grand Theft Auto, I have to say. It was um, it was a fantastic place to work coming out of university. I think it's a real sort of spirit of camaraderie and um they really are at the pinnacle of what they do and what that means is that almost everybody there was um, was very driven uh, they were a subject matter expert the atmosphere was very collaborative um, but it but it was funny you know because we used to get people um uh, going up onto Carlton Hill and trying to to get sort of paparazzi shots through the through the windows so we used to have to have, have the blinds down um, all day, so you'd go in and you'd, you'd work in in not darkness but dim light for for, for your shift to make sure that no, no uh, press shots got out about um, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, of course, I can just imagine some journalists up there on the hill with telephoto lenses. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, was, um, it was a very real concern. So um, so after that, I moved I moved back to Manchester, where I'm uh, where I'm from, uh, and joined the the marketing department of Shepherds Friendly uh, as an information systems manager. Uh, so I was primarily uh, managing the, the web and database development at that point. Um, and as, uh, as Shepherds Friendly grew and, and the subsidiary financial network grew, we relocated the marketing department into the subsidiary company and I, and I took up my current role. So I, I, I like to think of us really as, as a mini digital agency. And through the, the skills that we've got within our department, uh, we provide traditional and digital marketing services uh, to the parent company, to Shepherds Friendly, to the, to the network ourselves. Uh, financial advice network uh, and to the ARs uh, that, that we've got in the network um, and, that, and that's a variety of services really you know ranging from your traditional brand design and business cards and leaflets right up to you know various different kinds of website design and development hosting uh, we can create content do social media management uh, kind of the things that, that, that you'd expect from from a modern uh, digital marketing agency but I think you know perhaps a little bit surprising coming from from a network and, and the subsidiary of a mutual uh, that's been around for so long. I was going to say, actually, the services that the Financial Advice Network provide seem a little bit unlike you would expect from other advisor networks. Is that right? I, I don't know of anybody else that's supplying, usually it's compliance services and, you know, they, they do panels and they do product reviews and that sort of thing. But I've not really come across anybody who provides the degree of digital marketing services that you do. It's it's certainly something that we we focused on as one of our unique selling points. Because we've got the experience of already doing this for, for both ourselves and for uh, for our parent company, um, it just makes sense really for us to to take the skills that we've we've developed uh, and honed in house and offer those to to our ARs. The things that we've we've successfully been able to implement for Shepherd's Friendly, you know, with with some tweaks um, given uh, you know changes to target audience, etc., uh, we found are largely applicable to um, to our ARs as well. So it, it it kind of made sense for us to be able 
to to expand those skills down uh, and offer them out further to a wider audience. One of the subjects that I covered in my talk at Financial Services Expo, I was trying to say, and it was it was focused mainly on the protection market. I was trying to suggest that the future of growth within the protection market is almost entirely the responsibility now of financial advisors because I don't believe that product providers are in a good state at the moment to grow the individual protection market. So I was saying things like IFAs should be telling stories about their claims experience and and, and creating stories around those claimants and of course using digital technology whether it's videos podcasts like this or articles or ebooks or everything like that that that's my that's my contention as, as to the way forward for growth what what's been the the levels of interest and the take up of this sort of thing that you've been offering to the advisors who are part of your network uh, I think uh, we we are a small uh, network. There's no uh, there's no hiding from that. Um, but we're we're trying to grow in the right way at the moment. I think what we what we're starting to see is an awareness within our ARs of the value of these kind of things. And and you know it, it has been uh, perhaps difficult at times to to bring them forward from their current ways of thinking. So, so Sam, let's move on. We were going to talk today about analytics and it might seem to be a a little bit of a leap if we've been talking about the fact that some advisors don't even have websites that go beyond a simple description of their high-level services but you're particularly interested and and place a lot of importance on website analytics don't you well I think um, one of the battles that that you have to fight when uh, when you're trying to implement these these kind of things um, and by the way I completely uh, completely agree with your with your comment on trying to get stories out there to, to combat perhaps some negative press that, that, that is already around on the internet. One of the battles is how can I prove that this activity that I'm undertaking that is, uh, you know, at minimum taking time away from, from, you know, from doing something like providing financial advice to someone, how can I prove that's worth my while? How can I prove the return on investment of it? And, and I say to our guys that one of the easiest ways, uh, and certainly if you use something like Google Analytics, a free way, is to actually monitor the traffic that's coming to your website and what they're doing when they're on it and and even if you've just got a brochure site you know and it's just there so that you know somebody can google you and and confirm that you're you know you're a bricks and mortar business that exists it's still going to be really helpful to know you know if you go and you meet 10 clients does that ever result in more visits to your website? And so without analytics, you, you're, you're kind of fumbling around, I think, in, in terms of, of whether uh, what you've done so far is, is worth your time. So just take us a little bit through the process then, um, Sam, about how you would set up analytics, how you would measure them, and and some of the trends and some of the uh, the advice that you've been given to your network members. Uh, well, I think uh, I'm a big fan of, of Google Analytics, uh, and and that's a free solution, which is you know it's obviously fantastic. The process of setting it up does involve um, a little bit of technical knowledge, and that's something that's um, always there to to help our IARs with. But there are tutorials out there on. on YouTube um, and you can Google instructions as well and that kind of thing but what you're going to need to do uh, first and foremost is Google Google Analytics and what that'll do is is take you to the home page where you can set up you can set up an analytics account uh, so most of the time that's going to uh, require a, a Gmail account or something like that uh, so you can set one of those up if you don't already have one but if you follow their their tutorial steps the the basic premise of uh, of analytics is that once you once you set up your account uh, you're going to get a little snippet of code 
that you can put on your website. And so every time somebody lands on your website uh, and therefore that code is accessed, it sends a little message in the background to Google and lets you know uh, that, that somebody came on that site and then it monitors their behavior when they're on it. Uh, so what you need to do with that little, little bit of script that you'll get from Google is make sure that it's placed somewhere uh, that shows up on every page of your website. Uh, so typically a website will have sort of a header and a footer section uh, in the code and they're kind of common to every every page uh, that's especially the case on things like WordPress uh, and so what you're going to want to do is try and put that script in just just before the closing body tag um, which sits above your footer and therefore every time somebody accesses your site uh, they're going to come and uh, and hit that and as I say put that data into Google uh, so I think what I've found uh, you know from from chatting around to, to people in the industry is that there, there's a surprising number of smaller advisor firms that, that don't actually have analytics installed at the moment uh, and I'm sure you you know you, you will have um, a raft of listeners that are saying well I know I've, I've had analytics you know for, for ages and and you know that that, that may well be the case and, and well done for doing that but you know there, there, there certainly is a community out there that hasn't quite grasped uh, how to how to do this kind of stuff yet there are certain things that that it really does help to to have an analytics account around one of which as i've mentioned is, is the the return on investment uh, and so if you if you go and speak to people you know to be able to then see whether there's an increase in traffic to your website i think is a very powerful um is a powerful response we were at the the fs expo as as with you last week and it's part of my calculations as to whether that was actually a worthwhile investment for financial advice network is to look at the uptake in, in web traffic. Did we generate any interest from, from being at that event? Uh, and I'm pleased to say we did. But, but without having uh, without being able to track that, it's very difficult to uh, to, to prove that to uh, you know to, to my boss, etc. Another thing that, that it really helps you identify the effect of is things like uh, Google algorithm updates. So we obviously we've had uh, mobile Geddon recently, Roger. Yes. And 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 what that is essentially is is Google have said, well if you've put the effort into designing a website which which we call responsive which is when it scales down for for tablets and mobiles then when somebody's searching on a mobile we think we should rank that content higher, uh, and to me that makes perfect sense. You know, um, if you examine Google at the end of the day, uh, their business model is all around getting people the most relevant and authoritative content as quickly as possible. Therefore, if somebody's put the effort into to making their their website mobile optimized, presumably they're you know they're going to be a safer bet than, than somebody that hasn't done that. Indeed. Uh, yeah. And so if you if you were completely unaware of of the fact that that might have gone on, and all of a sudden you're seeing your traffic levels, presumably you have analytics if you see your traffic levels dipping uh, then that's a that's a sign that um, that you should really be doing something about that yeah uh, but if but conversely if you didn't have analytics then i'm not sure how you would ever know i was delighted when i put my own website through uh, a little uh, widget on the internet which checked whether it was compliant if that's the right word with uh, mobile geddon as you described it and i got a great <laughs> big green light so i was very pleased about that and yeah i, I use a i use an analytics plugin for my website it's uh, it's google analytics by yoast and yes I, i've been fortunate that i've not seen a change in my um, hit rate since the uh, google algorithm algorithm changed but as you say um if you haven't haven't got any analytics in place you wouldn't know yeah um you know and and you know that's that's another great uh, benefit of using something like wordpress 
um, is that they uh, they tend to be plugged into what's coming down the line, uh, you know, and certainly the the user community that WordPress has, is, you know, is is fairly fantastic, uh, and so you know the the themes that you're likely to get there, the newer themes uh, are almost always responsive these days. So you know, it, it it's it's just about about being able to interpret information that, that perhaps isn't right in front of your eyes. I think. Yeah, I think you've 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 said how important this is. I, I think a lot of people are probably put off a little bit by the supposed complexity that might surround this the fact that there's a lot of jargon involved in it and let's face it there's a lot of jargon involved in all industries <laughs> but but yes. i think i think the the key thing to remember here is that google analytics is free that's yes. a great thing it's relatively easy to implement as you've already said it's a it's simply a question of putting a bit of code into your website now okay if you're not a coder and you don't know where that goes that might you might need some help from an agency such as yourselves or if you've got a web sorry a wordpress based website or you've got other similar uh, platforms they do tend to have plugins that can handle this thing very uh, easily so it's it is easy to put this stuff in place once you have got it in place sam though there's quite a lot of uh, of jargon going around so we talk about bounce rates and sessions and users and annotations <laughs> and and that can bamboozle quite a lot of people i have to say it bamboozled me the first time i started looking at this what 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 are the sort of things that people should be looking for once they've got these analytical packages Packages in place. Well, I think the first thing I would say is that it, once you've got it there, uh, you can never, never, never be collecting enough data. In, in my opinion, okay. Uh, and so, if you if you take one thing from this podcast, it should be to take the big hurdle of getting analytics installed, uh, and then you can you can catch up with sort of maybe w looking at one element at a time of what that data means in the future. But as long as Google Analytics has been sat there in the background recording it, then you'll have uh, the ability to look into it at a later date. But when you look in, uh, when you go in and sort of log in and you're looking at your homepage of Google Analytics, the the, the things that, um, that, that sort of really matter as a, as a first step you know, are, are your sessions versus users. Okay. So the difference between them being, um, you might have a user that comes back more than once. Right. Um, and so your users will be, uh, in effect, unique visitors and your sessions will be the amount of times that people have had a look at your content. Okay. Um, and you'll get a graph moving from, uh, from left to right of those variables, um, across time. So you can see, um, okay, well, you know, am I getting more visitors this week than I was last week or this month than I was last month? It just intuitively that, that helps you benchmark where you think your website is at the moment, um, on, on a user count basis. Sam, I need to know, and everybody listening to the podcast needs to know, what is a bounce rate? <laughs> so when you when you're looking there, uh, you'll get this bounce rate figure, and it can vary, um, you know, from from zero to 100. percent And and effectively, what you're saying uh, when when Google's giving you a bounce rate is somebody came onto your site uh, and they looked at one page and then they left. Um, and what that uh, what that does to Google is it indicates the the, the quality of, of the information that was found on your site. So if I was looking for a, a marketing financial services podcast and, and I came across the Roger Edwards website, um, I would probably have a Google round and have a look at uh, at least four or five pages on your website. And so I wouldn't hit your, your bounce rate stats, you know, because I, you know, I found something that interests me there. 
And, and one of the questions I'm often asked by, by RARs is, okay, well, what's a good bounce rate? And like a lot of things, unfortunately, the, the answer is, well, it depends. <laughs> um, and, it, and it very much depends on the goal of your website and the kind of content that you've got. Generally speaking, a bounce rate from, from 25 to, to 40% is, is excellent. Something uh, along those lines, and you're really, uh, you're really getting a lot of traffic that, that knows what your website should be about. 41 to 55 percent is is average ish 56 to 70 percent is slightly higher than average but you know maybe all right depending on the kind of content that you're serving uh, and and you'll typically see if you've got sort of a news or a blogs page or something like that that the bounce rate on those will be higher than than the rest of your of your website uh, so it's it's really about how how much did somebody enjoy coming onto your website and um and, and the content that you've provided there and, and how successful has it been in getting them to click around the rest of your site? I have a look at my analytics. I look at the bounce rate and uh, from what you've said, I think I'm in a in a fairly good a good place, but it is important to keep your eye on these things. Sam, was there a, a light bulb moment when you realized how important analytics were and 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 you then decided that you would make that a major focus not only for your own work but also presumably for the people that you help through the network i i think i because of my uh, because of my background um i've always been interested in in being able to measure things okay um uh, and so analytics has almost it's almost always been something that i've that i've wanted to um to have on site and in it's um it's therefore not i think been a light bulb moment for me as much as um, perhaps those around me that have that have seen us draw conclusions from the analytics that we've had implement solutions and then be able to measure the effectiveness of those solutions what are the challenges that people will face when they try to put a decent analytical suite in place if somebody uh, is is got a new website um, or they're just getting into analytics and they're excited about it um, and you know and, they, and they've added their analytics uh, what you're going to see is, early on is that you're likely to pollute your own analytics somehow, um, you know, with with visits from yourself to your own site, um, and, you know. And if you're in a, in an office, then um, you know, visitors from your own your own advisors to to your own site, and especially in the early days when when you don't have necessarily a large volume of traffic to your website you know and nobody likes to see a you know a zero or a um you know a one or a two in the in the visits yesterday do they everybody likes to um to see a, an incrementing number um and so it, you know it, it is tempting to it's kind of log on oh, i'll see how it see how it's going i'll you know i'll hit my own site etc but it will diminish the power that data gives you yeah. um, to, to work out what you should be doing uh, and what you're doing well and what you're not doing well. So I've got all this data, I've got all these figures and, and again when I look at my website I'll see pages that have been visited quite a lot and each week of course when I publish a podcast I put up what I call a notes page, some people call it the show notes and again you, you get a spike of, uh, of visits to that page when you launch the podcast and then over the, the, the days following the launch the, the the visits to the page starts to go down. What are the things that people should be looking for when they're when they're looking at uh, their analytics that would give them hints as to how to make their website better? And maybe are there any little nuances that they should look for that would help them to grow the traffic to their website? Well, one of the things that you can do once you've got analytics installed is link it to another Google tool called uh, Google Webmaster Tools. And that will crawl your website for uh, search engine errors. 
Um, and that's one of the big things that, that you can do to, to have a look and see whether there's any issues with, with your content being uh, indexed by Google or, or another search engine. But in terms of, of tracking something like the success of a podcast, I think that where the power of analytics comes in is being able to compare uh, between episodes. Uh, so, you know, you, you might be able to, to look at your earlier episodes, Roger, and see, okay, well, what was the tail on, on downloads from, I don't know, episodes one to 10, for right. instance. Right. And therefore compare that tail against, uh, you know, your more recent episodes and, you know, and then interpret some conclusions from that. You know, um, hopefully the, the, the increased popularity of the podcast, for instance. Indeed. I mean, it's quite amazing. Obviously, in the early days, the downloads were relatively modest. Nowadays, I'm getting some really quite uh, scary numbers of downloads, and I'm incredibly pleased by the number of downloads I'm getting. And of course, there's almost like a backwards wash effect that more people download the current episodes are often encouraged to go back and have a look through the back catalogue. So you also see that month by month, the number of people downloading the earlier episodes increases as you launch more episodes. What I do find, of course, sometimes is that uh, what I expect to happen with some episodes actually goes against what I expect. So, for example, I might publish an episode on a particular subject and think this one's going to be extremely popular. I know it is. It was a great interview. And actually, the, the, the download levels have been, are relatively modest. Then I do an episode which I think was a bit off the wall or maybe slightly um, off topic. And the, the downloads goes absolutely up through the roof. So sometimes you actually have to really think about what's going on and and unfortunately sometimes the the analytics can't answer that question for you all they can do is say that one was immensely popular that one wasn't so popular you are then left to try and work out why yeah there certainly is an element of interpretation um you know that sort of really takes you knowing your business knowing the kind of people that you're you're targeting um and interpreting that information accordingly after that but if you didn't have analytics, then you know you could be uh, putting out show after show on uh, on topics as dry as Google Analytics, and and never uh, never know that you're you're not pleasing your audience, Roger. Absolutely right, absolutely right. So analytics all the way. What's the one <laughs> big idea, Sam, that you'd like people who are listening to the Empath Podcast today to take away from this conversation? Uh, I, I think it would be um, implement analytics wherever you can. I, I really do think it's worth the small barrier than needing to work out a way to put that code on your website to begin with. And I think it, that data is going to be invaluable to you at some point. Um, so if you only do one thing, um, you know, and you never uh, you never look into uh, your your visits or your bounce rate or whatever for for now, at least start tracking that data so that in you know when when you do have time or um, or you know you do think that you can you can start to to get some return on investment for this kind of stuff, you've at least got the data there to try and draw some conclusions uh, about how your website's currently being used. Sam, tell us about the results that you've experienced with your own websites within the group and the analytics and the decisions that it's affected. Well, I, I think um, you know as I've mentioned, it, it informs every single digital marketing decision we make for, for every brand that we look after now. And uh, Shepherd's Web Friendly website is, is being redone at the moment. And so much of the of the new direction that we're taking that in has been informed by by our analytics at the moment and, and how customer journeys are taking place. And you know when you when you really get into this stuff, you can do things like funnels where you set up uh, tracking people through things like application processes. And and you know we're we're always looking to make that customer journey a smooth as possible and, and analytics really allows us to 
to toggle with things like uh, A B sites uh, and see you know which one was the more successful. Okay, well and, you know then we'll you know we'll implement whatever we did down that route. It's also the most effective way of measuring the success of the rest of your digital marketing mix. Uh, so, you know, if you've gone through your, your content creation and you've created the personas that, that, um, that you know, I know you've talked about on an earlier podcast yeah. um, and you've created the content um, around that, are you getting any visits from that? Um, you know, if you if you've gone out and you've placed content on uh, a particular forum, um, you know, or uh, you know another website, maybe you've done a, a link exchange or something, is that is that proving to be valuable for you? Is the content that you're writing engaging? You know, which you'd be able to know from from comparing the bounce rates, uh, you know, before and after a content change. It's far more than just tracking your website numbers. It's giving you some insight into the rest of your digital marketing mix. I think. Sam, this is fascinating. You did mention sales funnels before i nearly went off on that tangent a a little while ago but i thought no actually that's probably another podcast in the future because again it's a whole slightly different area of measurement a whole slightly different area of build but it's certainly a subject i'd like to come back to on the podcast in the future sam thanks very much for coming on the podcast this morning and talking about this slightly different topic but very important topic which will help advisors and providers market their services better before we go i always like to finish the podcast with a quick fire round of business questions you happy to stay for a few more moments to do that of course great stuff first question what would be the one thing that you would change about the financial services industry if somebody gave you a magic wand to wave uh, i think our industry is is quite slow to adopt new ideas and, and you know there are a variety of reasons for that you know and and we do have um regulatory concerns that, that perhaps other industries don't but i, I would love to uh, to see a, a more engaged population in terms of trying to trying to adopt any any kind of new idea, not necessarily just digital marketing wise, you know, rather than a, a sort of skepticism uh, of new things that I kind of uh, sometimes feel I encounter at the moment. What's the one campaign that's caught your attention in the last year? There's um, there's an advert that uh, LG did um, for their ultra reality TV, okay. and um, and what they did was I think it's uh, somewhere in South America they they invited three people for a, for an interview uh, in sort of a, a high rise tower um, in the middle of a, a city centre and they um, they built a fake wall in front of the window and put one of their TVs up instead of the uh, instead of the window uh, and then they've they've played a, a film of a meteor strike hitting the city behind this this person that's come for an interview um, and and the reaction for these people to to what they you know they can only presume is an actual meteor strike going on behind them you know is um you know it's very engaging um but this is very clearly constructed around the key usp of the product um that being that this is an ultra reality tv tell us about an app that's made a huge difference to your working life the app i think uh, at the moment for me is something called slack and it's it's a remote chat tool um kind of similar to skype uh, skype chat but but being the techie i am it allows integration with events on on websites and apps and that kind of thing so um so we use that within financial ice network for anytime uh, anyone has a an, an error page on a website that 
um, that we look after, it pings us a message and we get to investigate that straight away. Or we monitor sales from it for the for the friendly society. Or we use another another tool called Trello for um, for sort of task tracking, uh, and that can talk to Slack as well. Um, so it becomes this sort of very easy to to collaborate together on on hooking into events from various other sources. And finally, Sam, what's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you got from it. I'm going to go for uh, one that I've read re- re- uh, relatively recently, um, and it's called Leading Change by John Cotter. Uh, and I think we, with my IT hat on, there, there's a sort of constant change within within the um, the IT sphere, especially with, you know, with regards to web development and that kind of thing. Uh, and so... You know what I was looking for really was, was a kind of a model for for getting through managing change and and the thing that I liked about Cotters is that it's very big on stakeholder management and so you know the one of the steps is to build a guiding coalition for your uh, for your change and so you know you you really are sort of forced into getting people on board uh, you know at the beginning and and I think a lot of change can be focused on the thing that's actually changing rather than the effect on on the people that that are changing with it Uh, and so you know i I really enjoyed that i thought it was a very uh, well-written well-written book sam fantastic before we sign off tell everyone how they can contact you whether it's on twitter linkedin google plus and of course your own website uh, so our website is uh, financialadvice-network.co.uk. Uh, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll put my LinkedIn in the in the notes, etc. Um, but my my Twitter is uh, Sam underscore Chivers. As you say, I will put all your contact details and indeed links to things we've talked about on the show notes page, which you can find at RogerEdwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf. Sam, thanks very much for talking to me today. It's been fascinating. Let me wish you every success in the future, and I hope to catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Roger. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.